0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Weekday Chat. I'm Steve, and this is Luke, and we're here to talk today about radical leadership and how to be humble and follow Jesus into servant leadership.
1: Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's
0: podcast. So, Luke, thanks so much for your sermon Sunday. It was a great message reminding us of how Jesus sets the pace for our, our leadership. Here, here's this great scene of, of Him it's so radical i don't think we understand how radical it was mm-hmm. that that when he washed the disciples' feet even in the in the in the atmosphere when they're arguing about who's most important and then I, it's not a thing where Jesus, you could say, "I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach these guys a lesson." It just came naturally out of his heart. And I love how John begins the chapter when he says, "Having loved his own, mm-hmm. he now shows them the full extent of his love," yeah. which he doesn't put right before the cross. Mm-hmm. He puts before this scene in the upper room, telling us it's this whole. It's even here that he's showing how much he loves. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah it's beautiful. And
0: this radical, this radical kind of servanthood. It's such a hard thing for us to learn, it, yeah. and, and the world is a taking world. The, the culture we live in is about being heard and being seen and being noticed and mm-hmm. and uh, being recognized, mm-hmm. and this is so radically opposite from all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I want to ask you, one of the things I want to ask you is that when 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 Jesus goes to wash Peter's feet and then... Peter said, no, no, you're not going to wash my feet. I'm not going to let you do that. And I think we all would feel that way, right? Oh, man, yeah. And then Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, then you have no part of me. Hmm. Talk about that. What what does he mean by that? What's the point?
1: Yeah, I think what Jesus is doing there is – I I think he – this – whole act of foot washing kind of happens on two levels that that on one level jesus is is doing this in a very spiritual sense that this is a foreshadowing of what he's going to do on the cross and i do believe that there's an element to which jesus is hinting at hey like this act of service if you can't accept this then there's no way you're going to be able to accept the even greater thing that i'm going to do for you and i'm going to die on the Mm. cross and you're going to need to be washed in my blood and 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 until you can allow humble yourself and allow me to serve you in a way that testifies that you are utterly in need of serving and unable to do this on your own and so broken, and it's going to require you to lay down your pride. Man, if you can't do that, then you're going to be able to not be able to have any any part of me. And then on a second level, so it, this does carry a deep spiritual significance, and it also just carries a practical significance that Jesus is saying, hey, like, this is what I'm calling you to do, and this is what my kingdom is like. And if you can't get on board with that, the, the call to carry each other's burdens and, and to serve one another, and, and also that one of the greatest services we can extend to each other is to let ourselves be served and allow somebody else to, to give us a gift. And if we can't function within that kingdom, then it's going that's gonna be hard for you to follow me. So
0: that is so hard, isn't it? I remember years ago, like twenty years ago, um, I, I drove this tank. You know, it was this huge Pontiac. It was a I forget what it was. Parisian. It was a Parisian. There you go. And uh, in fact, I bought it at a place called Anything on Wheels. You know, that's that's. And so anyway, a guy, a guy from church came to my door and and he said, "I want your keys." And I said, "Why?" He says, uh, "I just want your keys." I said, why? He says, well, I want to wash and wax your car. Hmm. And I argued with him at the door. I'm not going to – you're not going to do that for me. You're not going to do that for me. And finally, my wife was behind me, and she says, I think he really wants to do this. Hmm. So I handed him over, but I re- recognized that it, it was a pride issue. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to do it. It's hard to be served. And we see that kind of independence everywhere, don't we? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: I – I, to, to think of Jesus doing this is far beyond. So, so, what? How? How do we learn this kind of humility? We yeah. know we want to be humble, yeah. and servants, and yet the. the it is so hard to have a mindset that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's radically countercultural, and I think it goes not just against our culture but against everything in us, because we, yes. we see even back in the very beginning that one of the effects of sin is that we rank the room, and we compare ourselves to other, yeah. and, and we try to justify ourselves and exalt ourselves at the expense of the people around us. Right. Um, right. When, when Adam and Eve eat the fruit and God shows up and he says, what have you done? Adam immediately turns and he says, it was the woman who gave it That's to me, exactly. and he tries to justify himself yeah. and place himself over her. and and, and that is the effect of sin, is that we all try to rank the room. And I, maybe I'm the only arrogant person. Maybe this is just a guy thing. I don't know. But you're probably familiar. You walk into a room and you start ranking. You think, oh, I'm smarter than her. I'm better than him. I'm, I'm better dressed than he is. I bet I could beat him up. You know, those kinds of things. And and we rank the room. And, and we choose who we talk to and kind of how we interact in the room based on our perceived rankings in our head compared to other people. I'm sure you never do this. I'm sure you're an oh, incredibly no, humble person. Oh, no, such a foreign
0: concept to me. Yeah.
1: Um, but the gospel is so radically radical. Radically subversive to that um, because we serve a a God who, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, I've come not to be served but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so the gospel doesn't necessarily tell us not to rank the room. The gospel tells us, though, that we are called to rank the room differently, like Jesus did in Philippians chapter 2, where Paul says, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others. That we are called to Yeah, still rank the room. Just rank everybody else's needs ahead of your own. And Paul says elsewhere that we are to outdo one another in showing honor. So, yeah, keep ranking the room. Keep competing with the people around you. Just compete in service and and in giving honor and glory rather than seeking it for yourself. And all of this, all of this comes from a radical security in Jesus Christ exactly. in knowing that exactly. we have been washed like Peter was, that when we know we've been washed by Jesus, that gives us all the affirmation and the love that we need. We don't need to seek it in playing status games elsewhere. That then frees us to not use other people or take advantage of them, but to serve them and to outdo them in showing honor.
0: Yes, I love what you say about it, it, it all begins with the security in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's how he, what he well, how he sees us, how he's welcomed us. Absolutely. frees ourselves, yeah. right? Ourselves. Absolutely. Kim Blanchard, um, I read him from time to time, and recently I was reading something on his – I don't know if it was a blog or a book or something, but he was writing about asking yourself the right questions about, about being a servant leader. And, hmm. and he, 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 here's what he writes. He says, uh, is this true of us? My people would say I'm empathetic, hmm. I'm selfless, I'm humble, Would they say I'm authentic – Would they say I'm caring? Would they say I'm collaborative? Would they say I'm compassionate? Would they say I'm honest? Would they say I'm open-minded? Am I patient? And would they say I'm self-aware? Wow. Now, all of that comes from this inward changed heart. So it's not just behavior, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we we can do a lot of serving to people, but if we're if we're not doing it from a changed heart then the outward emphasis it's still self-serving yeah it has to be something so natural to us we don't even think about it yeah because yeah. we see a need and we address it, right? That's
1: so challenging. Uh, Jesus said, you know, he, he said that the people of the world, the rulers of the Gentiles, exercise authority. They lorded over the people under them. Yes, right. But he said that those of us who are followers of Jesus, not so with you. And that's yeah. a not so with you kind of attitude. And elsewhere, Jesus says that whatever you've done for the least of these, when you gave a cup of water to somebody, when you visited a prisoner, when you helped the sick, you did that to me. And so the attitude of a servant leader um, doesn't even necessarily say, um, al- although it does, like I'm working for the Lord not for men, but also like, how would you lead, how would you serve, how would you treat the people under under you if Jesus were your employee, if Jesus were your child, if Jesus were your spouse? Like, if, if Jesus worked under you, um, how how would you relate to him? How would you be Jesus' boss, in a way? And that that is the way you're called to serve and treat the people under you, that, that whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me, and that we express our gratitude to Jesus by paying it to those people even under us. Wow,
0: well, I love that challenge, So but as we see people creating the image of God, reflecting of him, mm-hmm. that is that is so practical for yeah. us. That's how we treat people. Yeah. Now, you said something really interesting, Sunday. You said, we only love God as much as the person we love the least. Hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I don't remember who said that originally, but the first time I heard that quote, I was just floored. Yes. And, and, you know, that's that's derived from Jesus' telling us the for two greatest commands, or love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. and love your neighbor as yourself, that right. our love for God and people are inextricably linked. And we as a church, um, we, we try to to model this and we try to live this out to let our love for God naturally flow out into ways that we uh, love the community, but it's really hard because we all have difficult people around us. This is exactly. not an easy call. Yes. And even as I say that, you only love God as much as the person you love the least. I'm not going to say their names, but I've got two or three really difficult people that come to my mind, yeah. and man, if that's as much as I love God, I've still got a lot of repenting and a lot of serving and a lot of humbling myself that I need to do. Yes. Um, and, and practically, in terms of how we as the church relate to the community, um, oftentimes we've adopted an attitude of saying, hey, guys, come into our building and come be like us, um, when in reality, Jesus went. Jesus went to the world. He went out to people who, who needed him. And so we want to do that as well. We want to go and make disciples. And... and uh, and when Jesus is illustrating how to love people, how to live out this command of love your neighbors yourself, he tells a story, the story of the Good Samaritan. And in that story, it's yeah. the two religious leaders who are the ones who are the bad guys and who yes. missed the point. And so right. we want to be continually repenting and self-aware of ourselves as a church to make sure we wouldn't walk by the Samaritan on the road like they did. And to be honest, the, the greatest push that we have right now to make sure that we're loving people well is home groups. Yes. And we want you to be in a home group where you are holding each other accountable to who God's placing in your lives? How are, how are you loving your neighbor? Because the mission field has come to us, and you didn't get to choose your neighbor. You might have difficult neighbors, um, and, and your love for God can be measured by how well you love those people around you. That's also why we have the one challenge, that we want you to love that one person, to pray for them, to eat with them, and to let that be a natural outflowing of your love for God. What what else would you say here, Steve?
0: Well, for me, <clears throat> the, the, the vision we're on that there's three things that come to mind how I've been helped and prompted and challenged in our vision is I want to listen better. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that because I always have lots to say. <laughs> and I have had to teach myself just to shut up and just listen to people because there's great affirmation. And there is a kind of service in that. Yeah. Because, because people need a place to just be heard in the hurts of their lives, the struggles of and to ask more. In other words, um, just just be more inquisitive about people's, their journey, their story, where they are, um, their service mentality in that, and mm-hmm. invest more deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think the way we invest is just, it, it builds people up when we smile, when we engage them at all, when we're, they're being recognized, certainly mm-hmm. if we remember their names, which I'm getting poorer at all the time. <laughs> you know. But those three things, I, I try to tell myself those three things often, listen better, ask more and invest all the time with people. Hmm. And that at least is how I don't do it well all the time, but that's my desire to do that, you know?
1: That is beautiful. I love that. And and so I guess just as we close, um, we, we, we've been praying for you this week, and we will continue to be praying the rest of the week that God would show you uh, where the basin and the towel is in your life and how he wants you to serve. But if you haven't found it yet, that might be the best way right there to express your love to God by ex- loving somebody else, by just listening better, asking more, and investing more deeply. So find somebody in your life and do that to them, and let that be an outflowing of your love for Jesus. Let's be
0: good servants, right? Even Absolutely. today, there are opportunities around us, and we want to, we want to embrace people well by actions right
1: absolutely thanks for joining us we appreciate your investment and we will see you on sunday thank you for listening today it's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in christ if you have any questions about our church would like to attend an online service or plan an in-person visit with us go to plainfieldchristian.com if you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer Have a great week.